what's up, guys? We're, we're back with a quick Rosenballs episode. Everyone's sick and tired of talking about Kevin Durant. I'm no exception, but look, it's the story of the summer. We did the East preview. We'll do a West later, but I wanted to just kind of nip things on, on Durant. So I'll get to the big reveal. I, I think I have, like, the perfect – sound really arrogant. You know, I'm not a GM. I get it. But I do think I have the perfect – Durant solution, given what everyone needs. First off, in the news, right, obviously, the betting odds have the Celtics as a front-runner. Look, you know, Memphis is in there, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think it makes sense for any of these teams to take this drastic uh, risk. And as I said before, I do think you're going to start to see what I call the end of this title or bust boom that Durant himself started, right? So just kind of a brief history you know, Durant leaves uh, OKC. They're up 3-1 against Golden State. They lose that series. They, they probably could have won the title that year. And obviously they botched the lead. And, and you know, he leaves in, in, in free agency, goes to Golden State. And, you know, it's ridiculous. It's, it's basically the the best part of the NBA going to the best team. Um, and, it you know, it's just like it's like a silly pickup ball, right? It's like it's not fun anymore at that stage. Um. So we all know that. And he did that because he wanted to get a title. And I think this historical notion of, of Barkley, Ewing, and Carmelo, John Stockton, right? All these guys who couldn't get a title in the 90s because Jordan was blocking them. And getting ripped on it constantly. And I think Barkley getting ripped on an NBA inside TNT. And all this other dialogue about who's greater, LeBron or Jordan, as an example. And they always use titles to, uh, as a lazy analysis to defend that argument. Uh, when you can use other statistics, I'm not going to get into Jordan James debate. But because of that, that leads to this title or, bo- or, or bust mentality that both players and the franchises have, right? A GM and an owner wants to kind of have a, a win to hang on. When I have something tangible, like, well, we won it in, you know, X year or whatever, and, and then that's great, right? But as a, as, a, uh, as a franchise and as something that you want the team to align with and you know, have this sort of historical uh, connection to. I don't think that title of Bruce makes sense. That title of bus rather makes sense. I, you know, again, I, I think I talked about this on a pod before. You compare the Utah Jazz of the 90s, which had an extremely loyal fan base. They were selling out almost every night. Granted, the only game in town, but we're talking about Utah. We're talking about Salt Lake City. It's not like the biggest DMA. They were selling out. And then you compare that to, like, the Heat, which is the most, like, and the Miami Marlins. It's funny that Miami has this culture of, like, coming in, coming out, and getting on with their life. Um, the Heat would just jump in, they would contend, and they would just jump out and rebuild again. Right? You saw this with Wade Shack, and then they, they, they kind of tanked. They got Beasley. Um, and that can actually kind of works if you have an old head, you know, or if you have someone who's a legacy guy like like Pierce with the 2008 Celtics teams. But it's not going to have that deeper connection with the team. You talk to Celtics fans, as an example, they're not as close with, say, the 2008 team as it would be with an 86 team, okay? They didn't build a connection with that team. It was great that they won. No one's denying that, but there wasn't this, like, deep-rooted thing with a lot of the players from the team. So I bring that up because I think, um, and then you look at ratings, by the way, in revenue, what, what makes more money. And I think if you told an owner, look, I'll give you two scenarios. You could contend for 10 years, 
you'll be at least a, a second round team. Maybe you get unlucky one year, maybe you get lucky another year. And maybe of the 10, you crack through one or two times to the finals. Let's say like Indiana in the 90s. Again, I mentioned the Jazz before. Indiana is another good example. Okay. You maybe crack through, you get to the finals. Maybe you win a finals, but your odds are, you know, maybe 25% you'll win a finals, 50% you'll get to the finals at least once. And then for the rest of it, you'll be a first, second round team. All right. But the fans are always going to feel like they're close and they're like, you know, subtle move or two away. And maybe you could do some, you know, intriguing moves like kind of, uh, you know, get that player that, that, that puts you over the top, get the disgruntled guy like the Pistons did in 04 machine that puts you over the top. You take a risk maybe, you know, later in that in that decade. But you're contending for 10 years. You're a 50 win team for, for 10 years. Right. Or <clears throat> you stink for five. You're OK for three. And you contend for two and you win a title one of those two years. I would say the former beats out the latter from a revenue perspective, which is what the owners care about. You're going to drive more ratings on TV throughout the 10 years, more jersey sales, more connections. You know, the spot trips are going to come in, right? You know, you're going to feel more integrated in the community. Um, you know, you're going to be a bigger part of, of that, that core. And then what happens is if you're good for 10 years, you're allowed to then suck for a few years. So if you need to rebuild, the, the you're not going to lose a ton of fans through that process. They're going to like kind of stay with you. They're going to want to see, you know, how things turn around, and then they could come back, right? Um, I've seen this with a few teams. They're less likely to do that if it's just like a hit and run. So if you're only good for like a second and then you rebuild, yeah, you're going to lose fans. They, they have no connection to you. There's no staying power. So to me, that's why the Durant market has softened. I don't think owners and GMs are looking at this at, let's say, a title or bust scenario. I think they want to have a connection to the franchise. They want their players to have a connection to the franchise, which is then interwoven into the fact, like, what does he want to play for us or not? Now, you could reconnect KD to a local community if he's willing to, if he says he really wants to play, this is where he wants to be, etc., Part of the reason why Brooklyn wants to now get rid of him. So all these deals like Memphis, Boston, no, that's stupid for them to do that because they have it, both teams have a chance to now contend for like the next decade. And, and I think that's a better route for both franchises. I get it. Do you want to be Portland of the last, you know, 10, 15 years where they never won? No. I think those teams are a little better off, but I, I hear the argument. But to me, the only team that, that solves this answer right now, look, there's a, a few. Phoenix is unwilling to move to Booker. That, that's the move, in my opinion. He aligns with Chris Paul's time, timeline. That's the move, right? Uh, Brooklyn seems to want him. Fine. Phoenix is not willing to do it. The other team I can see, I'm going to throw it out there, it's random, right? Now, look, you could do the Lakers for AD. Okay, that's another idea, right? Uh, i probably do that if I'm Brooklyn, okay? That's, that's one idea. You want to get the best player possibly for Brooklyn at this stage if you want to contend. The other idea... And we'll throw it out there. And I think that was actually the closest you're going to get is the L.A. Clippers. The Clippers are close with Paul George. Paul George is connected to the community. He's played for a bit. The guy you move in a swap is Kawhi Leonard. He's been hurt. Okay, he's got to have this minute restriction, all that jazz. For the Clippers, I think Durant would want to play there. You don't have connection with Kawhi any, anyway. I get he's close to the team. He didn't win anything with you. He hasn't played that much. Paul George is a connector, not Kawhi. You get a guy who's healthier. He's not as good defensively, far better offensively. He's a better player, 
okay? Durant, George, there's redundancy. It's good redundancy, okay? They're both pretty t- good two ways. They both could close down the stretch. That team contends. Your goal for the, the Clippers need to win a title given the moves that they did to get to this stage, okay? They have to win a title the next two years or it's going to be a massive for, failure for Bomber and the rest of that franchise. And they're all going to get canned. So they got to win. This is a risk the Clippers need to do. A little bit wild, but it, but it's a risk. Now, Tyron Lue's the perfect coach for Durant. I think there'll be a lot of respect there. There'll be a nice little fight. Who's the the, the king of L.A., LeBron versus KD, whatever. I could, PR, it's great. For Brooklyn, it's a good deal. Why? Kawhi wanted to play in New York. His uncle was vouching for the Knicks. Secondly, so they're getting a guy who they want. And then it fits with the mentality they have of two-way town. If Simmons is good and back, Kyrie, you know, him and Kawhi is an interesting tandem. It works. For the Nets, the risk is the the health, right? But look, if you're trading Durant and your goal is to win now, you're going to have to take some risk. So you're moving from, let's say, the second or third best player. You know, I think Giannis has won Durant's too. For Kawhi, who could be the third or fourth when healthy. When healthy is the key. I get it. It's the key. And maybe there's a pick here or there or or some little sweetener you add to to a line here. But that's the best you're going to get. It's either AD or Kawhi, okay? Now, I think the fact that LeBron brought an AD and they have to make that work, that's going to be a little awkward. I think they're both part of clutch. I don't think that's so realistic, the AD thing, okay? Plus, the Lakers think they're going to get Kyrie next year anyway. You don't want to rock it too much. The Clippers makes complete sense. That's the move. Durant to LA, Let's to the Clippers. Let's see it happen. And the reason why is that team doesn't have a connection, right? It's not like the, the Grizzlies or the Celtics. The, the, the Clippers are, are a hit and run. They're doing the hit and run. Okay, but with Durant, now they got four years, an extra year, more than Kawhi. He's healthier. You're comparing, you know, rotten apple to kind of a rotten plum in terms of health. But Durant's a bit healthier. He's 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 probably going to play longer. Um, and I think it's a good risk for both teams. Let me know what you think.